double down. What? Got an 11. You always double down on 11. I know, but it's $200. Like, it's blood money. Mike, you gotta double down. I can't double down. I can't. Mike, if you don't look like you know Will what you're doing, you must have more. Shut up. Welcome to the Scuba Guys. My name's Josh, and I have my co-host Chris with me. Hi there, Josh. Hey, I got a quick question for you. What's that? Uh, at least it'll be very quick assuming my page loads. Oh no, hang on. Oh yeah. Hey, uh, I, I just wanted to let you know, uh, you got these fucking claws and these fangs, man, and you're looking at your claws and you're looking at your fangs and you're thinking to yourself, you don't know what to do, man. I don't know how to kill the bunny. With this, you don't know how to kill the bunny. Do you know what I mean? I, I know exactly what you mean, Chris. I, you know, there's so many times in my life where I thought that I could have killed the bunny maybe. And it just it just never worked out for me, man. Right. Uh, oh yeah. So that's I mean that's a good segue into uh, into this movie and really how relatable it is for us. But let's give you a little bit of background. So we are the Scuba Guys. So we're gonna take turns alternating the movies that we pick each week. One of them is going to do a little bit of that deep diving that we talked about, and the other one of us is just gonna sit there and watch the movie, take notes about it, what it means to us, and sometimes it'll be the very first time that we're watching this movie. So this week, if you haven't, uh, if you weren't able to tell by what Chris said, this week the movie that I chose was Swingers. Yeah, so, so in, Chris, what what do you think? Just tell me, just tell me overall what you think, and then we'll get into the synopsis of it. Yeah. So in this, I uh, all I did was watch the movie. I didn't do any uh, deep diving. I didn't find any information behind beside that. I know what the cast is. I recognized many of the people in there. But my thoughts on this movie is it's a weird movie. I'd never seen it before. <laughs> um, had you seen it before you chose it? Oh yeah, yeah, plenty okay. of times. It's one that I I know I had like seen the the poster before with Vince Vaughn holding that uh that martini glass. I, that was a familiar uh-huh. image to me. Um, but I had never watched the movie. I actually didn't even know John Favreau was in it. I didn't recognize yeah. him with how young he is in this. He doesn't look like John Favreau, you know, from the Marvel movies. Yeah, or so, even so Elf, that caught me off right? guard. But we'll get into it more as we go through kind of the plot and whatnot. This movie is a really weird movie, but overall, I liked it. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. I did think that that's a that's a great point that you pointed out there. When you watch the movie, don't you feel like John Favreau is the main character? But if you look at everything, even on HBO Max, which I know that's where you watched it, yeah. uh, the little thumbnail is Vince Vaughn. It it seems yeah, I thought like it was Vince like a Vaughn weird Vince a Vaughn drinking movie. And I it's didn't, totally I didn't. not. So for those of you who haven't seen the movie, it came out in 1996, and it's a movie about a guy named Mike who just left his girl back in New York. Uh, and he went to L.A. to become a star. It's been six months since his girlfriend left him, and he's not doing so good. So his friends, Vince Vaughn included, try cheering him up, get him into the social life, and get him back into the dating scene, which he is pretty unsuccessful at. John Favre plays this relatable guy who just can't get a break, and Vince Vaughn is like the smooth, fast-talking Vince Vaughn that you know. Uh, but obviously, it's kind of like right there in the in the beginning of his career, so he's still kind of getting used to it. You know, something I didn't look up is the director of this movie. Is it somebody we know? I didn't look Doug, up the director. Doug Lyman. Doug did, Lyman did he... is the director. I honestly didn't look up a lot of his history, but I do know that he was a big producer in a lot of movies. Uh, he did like the Bourne movies and stuff like that. Executive produce in Suits. You know, like a lot of those types of things. But I always saw him as a producer. I really don't know how many director credits that he has. Okay. He's got 20 director credits. Oh, um, born identity. He was in, um, go 
the OC, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, he was a director of. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. Now, you Jumper. know, I feel that. Yeah. He, yeah, he had so, a decent amount. When I was watching this movie, I actually got, because it's kind of the same time frame, I got a real big feeling of like clerks, of just like yeah. people in locations talking about things. And, and you know, it's both Miramax, right? Yeah. And it's both, it's both kind of like a home movie. So I wanted to get into that a little bit. John Favreau was was th this is actually kind of based on his relationship with his friends. A lot of this stuff is based off of what they did. They go to places like the Dresden and they would just kind of go to these different bars and the different different parties. And they were unlucky actors. And John Favreau really wanted his friends like Vince Vaughn and John Favreau had a lot of these conversations in real life that he ultimately incorporated into this movie. So okay. he wrote this movie. He pitched it. Uh, there was a lot of studio influence, which we'll kind of get into that. They wanted to change so much of this movie. He was unsuccessful. Don, uh, I'm sorry, Doug Lyman wanted to keep these original actors, the writer and the actors in the movies. And because of that, they had to raise the money themselves. Oh, okay. It does feel like a very low budget film for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But that's where you get all the heart, man. Those are the type of movies that I love to watch. These ones that are kind of like these projects where these people believe in themselves so much. They have this like entrepreneurial shift <laughs> i yeah. really nailed that word yeah, uh, you nailed but word. they believe in them they believe in themselves so much that they invest all of their time and energy into creating these movies just like kevin smith that launched their careers um and the people around him right uh, you know a lot of the scenes that, that happen in that movie where they're at these locations i almost wondered i'm like wait is this actually like extras walking around behind him or did they just like put a camera up in this random casino or club or whatever it almost feels like I thought you didn't. I thought you didn't deep dive, Chris, because you're, oh, you're they... spot on, man. A lot. Oh, of, really? Yeah, they... a lot of this stuff like that. Uh, so they talked about the camera that they used, and it was so loud that they had to wrap it in a comforter, and it looked like uh, John Favreau uh, referenced acting in front of a snowball, like a huge snowball. <laughs> okay. And uh, they would go to some of these bars and businesses during business hours, and they would post up a sign that they were shooting a movie called Swingers. A lot of people thought it was a documentary because it was such small crew and equipment. And uh, they said that if you get any closer, you're going to be an unpaid extra in the movie. So a lot of these places are actually filmed when they're live and in business parties as well. Those party, those Hollywood parties that they go to, there's a lot of people involved that are up and comers in Hollywood because it's a real Hollywood party. Okay. Wow. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause yeah, like I said, a lot of those scenes feel like that where it's just happening in a real location, not, not staged. So that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> All right, I believe you. I believe you this time. <laughs> right. So, do you want to you want to get into the the actual movie here? Yeah, I, I there's just one more thing that I wanted to say, and I couldn't yeah. really find any facts to back it, but I heard, I kind of heard some people talking about it when I was scrubbing through movies or uh, videos and stuff. And uh, Doug Lyman, Doug Lyman was offered money from <clears throat> from, from some big. Not not like really an organization, but a guy, um, like an arms dealer or something like that, uh, because there was speculation that Doug Lyman has some family in like with mafia connections, and uh, they were offered like that the money they fronted the money to film, and uh, I guess based off of what I read, they ended up you know doing live reads at theaters and stuff to raise the money. So I don't know if he accepted the offer or not, but mm. uh, I heard that he might have some like mafia connections on his dad's side. Which they That's got weird. offered to help greenlight the film, yeah. Okay, but anyway, uh -huh. lots of lots of cool stuff behind it, and it launched a lot of great careers. 
Um, and I mean, imagine if we didn't have this movie to really get Vince Vaughn seen and to get yeah. a lot of these people, right? I mean, Office Space, right, Vin- Ron? Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say Vince Vaughn is like already doing his his shtick of being the dude who bullshits everyone. Like he's already yeah that character. Yeah, he falls right right into that that character. Is this his first big uh, thing? So he was, uh, I believe, prior to this, he was like a uh, a character in Rudy. He wasn't a main character in Rudy. He's like a football okay. player or something like that. He did a lot of after school specials, but this is really the thing that launched him. And a little fun fact about that: there's a scene that we're going to talk about a little bit later where. Uh, he approaches a girl and there's a jaws theme in the background yeah i saw that, that. two different times they had jaws to, they used. had yeah so they had to um ask spielberg to use it and because they asked okay. him, he decided to watch the movie and that's where he discovered vince vaughn and put him in jurassic Whoa. park oh okay just yeah because they, they wanted just because they wanted to use it yeah yeah because the they wanted to I use that, that jaws theme that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I was wondering, I'm like, how much did they pay for the Jaws theme? Because this movie is yeah. kind of a low, uh, low rent movie, and yeah, yeah that's crazy. But it, huh. it worked out, man. Okay, it worked out. It's a, it's a movie that I, I love a lot. I love the, uh, the feeling behind it, you know, and uh, the, the music choice. So, I think yeah. it's a great oh, movie. Yeah, music. let's get into it. Okay, so, so uh, yeah, you, you watched the movie, took some notes, right? Yeah, so uh, we start there with him in his apartment building, kind of getting the feeling already. I really love the apartments, um, all the apartment shots, the whole thing, their use of light. So that first part of the movie, he's on the phone, and they're using light where he's, like, opening the fridge and closing the fridge yeah. and opening the fridge. And after he closes the fridge, it goes dark, and then he flips on his uh, dining room or kitchen light behind him, and, like, it lights behind him. And it, the, the lighting through the whole movie in that apartment is just really well done. Um, yeah. So I can tell but, you that was absolutely intentional in the uh, okay. in the facts that I read. Doug Lyman told him specifically to open his fridge up because he thought the scene was too dark. Oh, okay. So yeah. they I actually I thought it was yeah, like mood lighting there. <laughs> they couldn't afford the lighting. <laughs> that, that's it. They couldn't afford the lighting and decided <laughs> don't to have put a spotlight. refrigerator into it. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, it, it looked great. But right off the bat, you already see uh, John Favreau's character, Mike, being pathetic. Mm-hmm. obsessed over this girl six months earlier you know like you know I, that's the whole point of this movie but already you want to just grab the guy and say get over it dude just like yep. move on so what's up with the weird scene of uh his answering machine talking back to him and it only happens at the first <laughs> of the movie at one time and it's stephen Hawking. yeah uh i guess <laughs> it was it was it, i mean it's, it essentially is yeah so it was supposed to be a record a recurring gag actually that's what i expected and it was yeah, they actually they absolutely intended it to keep going, and you do hear that you hear it later on, right? He's like, "You have no more messages," and then it just stopped, <laughs> yeah. and you expected him to say like, "Stop trying" or something like that, but <laughs> right. yeah, they stopped. They they had it. It was supposed to be a recurring recurring gag, and they cut it. I guess it's based on a comedy routine by Jeff Garland. Okay. That's something that he's had before. They had all this stuff recorded and ready to go, and they decided to to scrap it. But okay. I thought it was strange at first too. You know, watching it even now, you're like. What's this weird like sci-fi AI thing going on in the beginning of the movie? You know? Yeah, but. it was definitely it felt exactly like a setup for a recurring gag. But then, yeah, I didn't yeah. see it again. So uh, right off the bat, also, we will talk about this. So I will tell you the three words that I saw as the most commonly used words in this movie. And uh, in this one, you see the word skink. Holy crap, do they say that word a lot? Um, really? And then the other, yeah, did, dude, he he calls, he like talks about skanks, blah, 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 over and over again. And the other two words that I hear over and over again throughout the movie is money and baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Baby. Yeah. So did, did that end up taking you out of the scenes when you're watching it when they say baby? 
Like, you got little I, babies, you got lots of little babies. Calm down, baby. They call each other baby and talk about women I as babies. You're like, what are we like, talking about here? A baby is a specific word that humans created to talk about infants, to talk about small yeah. children. We don't use that uh, to talk about adult women. So it just yeah. is weird. There's yeah, I got babies. Of beautiful I got babies, babies everywhere. There. Yeah, I met a baby. A ton, of, ton of beautiful babies. Uh, since but, you brought up the recurring use of words, I just wanted to talk about this real quick. So the word fuck was used 95 times in the movie. Okay. Yeah. The word, the word bitch was used 31 times and the word asshole <laughs> was used 13 times. Yeah. Okay. I, I was going to say the F word was there a lot, but it didn't yeah. catch me off guard as much as them him saying skank. Like when, so, okay. So his, his, uh, friend is like, let's go to Vegas. Uh-huh. Um, and at, in Vegas, he uses the word skank over and over again, but that trip to Vegas was so weird and so great. I love them like all excited in the car. Vegas, baby, yeah. Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Vegas. And then like I love that it shows them just like him like falling asleep in the passenger seat and like them like being bored. All that's great. And then their whole plan that they have is great too of like, yeah, we're gonna show up in suits, they're gonna blah blah blah. What casino yeah, is that they go to? Uh so it's the stardust from the outside, and then in the inside, uh they got like a smaller off strip casino they paid them to let them use it so outside stardust inside completely different casino so and okay i actually have a question something that looked wrong to me but you can tell me if i'm wrong because i know you're more familiar with vegas than i am which is as they go to vegas they're approaching the city at night that looked like an approach from the north to me it didn't look like an approach from la direction am i wrong on that or did you pay attention oh man i i didn't see it to that extent so i could tell you if i did see it i could tell you I don't know. Okay. So you go when you come from uh, like L.A., you know, you go up to 15 and there's uh, you'll see like the uh, the Luxor light over the hills. Yeah. And then as you come in, you pass those smaller like South Point hotels and you get into um, to Las Vegas. And the first ones you approach are like the Rio and stuff. Right. I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it. OK. Yeah, I made well, that drive plenty of times to know if that's the right drive. OK. Well, when you approach from north, which is where I usually came from, because I lived up north of it, uh, yeah. is you come up on a mountain and you come down into the valley. Now, I don't know if there, I don't know if it existed back in 96, but now there's a, um, a NASCAR track off to your left as you approach into, into Vegas. Oh, there. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I don't know if it was around back in 96. No, I don't think, I don't think the speedway was there. I, I remember yeah. there being like huge NASCAR. So I lived in Vegas for a little while. So right. I kind of remember that. Okay. But uh, yeah, so, I agree. I really like those those scenes because they do it. They use it a couple of times, right? So uh, when he's on the phone, he's like, "I'm not going to Vegas. I'm not going to Vegas." And all of a sudden, they're in the car, you know. <laughs> right. And he's done. He does that a few cuts. times. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, jump cuts like that are the best. So I again, just knowing from like what I'd seen and whatnot, I thought the whole movie took place in Vegas, um, just oh. from like trailers and from Vince Vaughn and all that kind of stuff. I thought that the whole movie was a Vegas movie, but it's not like you're in and out of Vegas pretty quick, but there's a lot of great sight gags in Vegas there. I, I love all the different jokes of like seeing the old lady and, and bearded dude over there at the other table playing, you know, the, uh-huh. maybe you should go to the cheaper table. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, that high roller scene is, is probably yeah. one of my favorites. Like the, the double great... down scene. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the dealer, um, I thought he, so I tried not to deep dive, but that dealer, I looked him up because I'm like, I know that face there at the high roller table. Uh-huh. He's a nobody. Like, yeah, he, he doesn't even have a picture on his IMD pro, IMDB profile, but he has like a weird, like, uh, you ever watched first Bueller's Day Off? Yes. His like dad. The dad. Yeah. Yeah. Lyman he does Ward look like that. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. But uh, he also kind of looks a little bit like Butch Hartman. I don't know if you know who Butch Hartman is. He's exactly. the, uh, he's like the, the creator of Fairly Odd Parents and Danny Phantom. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I've, I know. He, okay. Remind, he reminds me a lot of Butch Hartman. And I, yeah. I just thought I, I, I chalked it up to that. 
I really liked him, but yeah, like I said, he doesn't have a career. He, uh, it's like the biggest thing he did. So that whole scene, you're right, is amazing. Just like the the double down. He only has three hundred bucks. Put a hundred. You know, he. I love. He asks for smaller. Do you have, you have smaller chips? Yeah. Uh, well, you won't really use them here. This is the hundred dollar table. Like that's yeah. a great exchange. And then but, he's trying. So, so the plan was show up in suits, be some high yeah. rollers, don't spend it all. And then he gets there, and he's like. Yeah, I'll do 300. And he's like, well, you have to put it on the table. He's like, I don't want to bet it all, though. <laughs> he's already <laughs> making himself look like he needs that money. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. And he said they're um, counting, and the guy's like, I can count that for you. Yeah. It's, and, it's then, and then he scene. goes, he tries to show off when he orders his scotch, right? Glenn, Glenn Gary, yeah. Glenn Fittich, Glenn, any Glenn, any, as yeah. long as it's not a blend, right? <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that whole scene happens. And then it, it again, smash cuts to them, you know. At like the bar after he's lost the $200 and just like that Vince Vaughn just won't shut up and keep going. You usually double down. You always double, you know, blah, blah. Yeah. And he's like completely wrong. So that scene goes so weird where they end up with the girl that Vince Vaughn's an asshole to. And is like, I got a uh -huh. 50 cent piece with your name on it, but I'm counting one, yeah. two, three, uh -huh. four. And he like keeps going. It's like, shut the fuck up, Vince. <laughs> but it's amazing. It's just the, you know, the, the difference between them two, like he's like respect yeah. women and Vince Vaughn, just like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck they want. And they're going to love me anyway. Yeah. I, I actually have a quote from them around that scene. I think it's when they're eating, but he says, I want to be a gentleman. I want to show respect is what uh John Favreau says. Uh -huh. And I'm like, you've said the word skank like 30 times since you showed up <laughs> in Vegas, but, <laughs> but you do you, do you dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Respect women. huh? So back to, um, I, I wanted to touch on something real quick, back yeah. to the table scene. Um, so when they go to that smaller table, uh, one of the the lucky gamblers, I think, which I think is the lady uh, who gets comped, because that's yeah. what they also said they were going to do, right? The pit, pit box can see it. They're going to comp us. They're going to do all this <laughs> stuff, and the lady right, right in front of their face gets comped. There's they give her two like people gambling. So yeah, so there's one person at the high roller table who is Vince Vaughn's dad, and oh. then at the uh, other table, which is the, they call the lucky gambler lady, is Joan, uh, which is John Favreau's mom. Oh, so they, shoot. They That's awesome. Of, yeah, yeah. So they put some of their okay. family in there, which I thought was really cool. You got to add them in, right? Add them yeah, in your passion project. Dude, you don't have to pay them. You know, like you don't have to pay right? as much as an actual actor. Yeah. But that's great. So after that, they go and eat the breakfast there, but then like yeah. panic because they have to go meet the girls. Uh -huh. um, when he makes that uh, Age of Enlightenment joke. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, uh, he's like, hey, we need our food down. She's like, hang on, Voltaire. Yeah, it's like, after, after he <laughs> it's like, like why? Get it. Why am I gonna think some Las Vegas waitress gets some French philosophical reference? You know, but then she totally then does. She, it's great. She totally gets it and just didn't fucking think he was funny. <laughs> yeah, and so then they go meet the girls, and uh, the one girl is dressed up as Dorothy with the red on her oh, cheeks, yeah. right? Oh yeah, and yeah. he he freaking says, "Well, we're not in Kansas anymore." <laughs> yeah, and, and nobody laughs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what do you do? Oh, I'm a comedian. And then she laughs. She's yeah. like, oh, you're joking. Right? That was a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, at that point, that was like the first time that I was like, God, he is such a loser. This yeah. Mikey guy is such a loser. Yeah. He just does not fucking get it. Oh. And then uh, they end up at the trailer and he's telling that uh, Vince Vaughn's telling that long story. Right. Where he's going on and on about the, the being Audition. the brother and everybody's crying. Yeah. You know that somebody's telling the truth when they over and over repeat, I swear to God, like in the yeah. middle, I swear to God. And so, I, so and like, I swear to God, this is true. <laughs> yeah. It's like you say it like eight times in this story. Yeah, that story is definitely not a lie. Yeah. 
so you lived in Vegas. I've never lived in Vegas, but that whole oh. scene in the trailer, my thought was going to air conditioning. I'm like, is there an air conditioner in that trailer? Because they're going to oh, die. Let me tell you, there fucking has to be because in Las Vegas, it is during the summer, it's 100 degrees at midnight. Yeah. No luck. Um, like you, so you do not the, get a break. Right. Later in the movie, they actually show a calendar um, when he's like trying not to call the girl too early. Uh-huh. And it is December. So I don't know how hot I would be in Vegas in December. Uh, but it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be too terrible. Yeah. Maybe a trailer would be okay to have sex in. Yeah. But I think it's funny because Vince Vaughn really is just kind of taking one for the team. I mean, he seemed kind of interested in her, but he was also just like making, I mean, before he did anything, right before he did anything, he was like, hold on. And he like peeked out the door and it looked (laughs) like they were, they were getting all close and stuff like that. And he's like, all right, now, now we could get down to business. But then it's it's revealed that he's just telling his freaking sob story about his (laughs) ex-girlfriend. They're like face to face and yeah, not making out. Um, Yeah. And And we, we can't go past how cringy it is when she decides like hey you should check your message he doesn't even fuck <laughs> he doesn't even call her he doesn't go to like no. borrow the phone to call yeah but he decides like, that he needs to check the messages and where's the card. phone in the freaking yeah. yeah and the phone's in the bedroom but it's okay sorry i interrupted everything but i have a phone card so don't worry about th- it that's my favorite scene in the whole movie is vince vaughn sitting with a towel and ho- hugging the pillow on the freaking couch next to the yeah. girls and uh and he, like he goes in and checks his messages and it's just the awkwardness of that scene is so amazing. Oh, it's it's artfully it's so done. Terrible. It's so terrible, man. And then he gets out, and we know that she didn't call. And then yeah. they just like, oh, because <laughs> they're sitting there talking next to Vince Vaughn. He's like, I had to stop mid sex right now. Yeah, and I they're just to... like, he was saying that he just wants her to be happy and stuff like that. Like, what is going yeah. on here? Again, that's the second time I'm like, John is a nightmare human being. Like, this guy yeah. is the worst. Yep. And then as they're leaving, he decides to say that he likes Dorothy and it kind of turned him on. <laughs> yeah. Remember, I think he even said, like, does that make me gay if Dorothy turns me on? He's like, what? right. No, yeah. I don't. Except I think he used the F word, doesn't he? F-A-G? Oh, maybe. He could have. I think he, he does. Yeah. Could have yeah, used the F word. Yeah. So, so they go home. And that trip, how long is that trip? Uh, about four hours, maybe okay. a little bit longer. Okay. Uh, but they stopped. So remember they did that scene on the side of the road in the car? Yeah. Yeah. So it looks that, yeah. So that scene was supposed to be filmed just in the car, not outside of the car. Uh, but they decided that they really wanted to do it. And they tried to get that scene shot. But CHP, California Highway Patrol, kept pulling up and <laughs> asking them what they were doing. And they were like saying that they had permits. So the cop left. Um, and then another cop came and then they were like, yeah, well, we don't have the permits with us. Our producer in Los Angeles has a permit. They never had the permits. It was like impossible for them to get one with the, uh, organization, okay. obviously CH CHP. Right. Uh, so they had to work around these police visits. And during <laughs> one time you could actually see like the lights and hear like background of like the police oh, vehicle man. pulling up. So they had to hurry up and shoot it to get the, get the police off there. Yeah. Yeah. That. That's a weird seat that sit in that convertible. And yeah, that I don't know. It's such a I, I've never done that sort of thing. But driving four hours to go somewhere and then flipping right around, driving four hours back. Like I was exhausted by the thought of it. Like oh, we yeah. spent all I would, night here. I would here. never do that. No, and they come. They come back the same night. Nobody does that. I mean, we would we would on a whim drive to Vegas sometimes. So that's that's realistic right there saying, yeah, hey, dude, we're going to fucking Vegas. But. <laughs> It would never be like a, we're going to Vegas and then staying a couple hours and turn around and coming back. There's right. no way that would happen. We're going to sleep. 
Yeah. Yeah. They so, didn't uh, get comp to room. <laughs> That's what they were banking on getting comp to bedroom. Right. So then the, the next scene I believe is when they're one of the scenes where they're playing that hockey game in that dude's apartment. Yeah. Is that, is that that's in a uh, um, Sue's apartment, right? I, I believe it's Sue's because later on when the, uh, the food comes, yeah. Uh, Sue, it's like, it seems like it's Sue's house. So I'm pretty sure okay. unless he's a roomie with, a uh, with Trent, which he could I, be. Right. It, you know, actually talking about that food thing, I had to look it up because the pink dot guy is here. And I was like, what the hell is that? I didn't realize it's a, uh, like uh, kind of like a food delivery, like Uber kind of thing. Um, oh really? Yeah, it's like, but it's like LA specific from back in the nineties. Oh, pink like dot. back in the day, so, huh? It's like, wow. why do you call that guy a pink dot guy? I'm like, is that something racist <laughs> or something like that? No, it's, <laughs> it, that was my first thought. I'm like, what the heck is this? But that game looks really dated because 1996, like the PlayStation uh, original PlayStation came out in '94. The Sega and Saturn came out in '95. The Nintendo 64 came out in '96. This movie came out in '96. So like that wow. was like one of the last hockey games that was 2D that they were playing. Yeah, Before, they played yeah. they played 90 the 93 version. Oh, okay. Was yeah. that on a I was trying to look at the controllers. Was that a Saturn or a Genesis that they were playing? It was on? a Genesis. It was a Genesis. Okay, cuz yeah. Genesis had three button controllers and six button controllers and I saw they had a six button controller, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, Sega, Sega Genesis. A little video game nerdness there. Okay. Yeah, they I would never play video games with these assholes. Like holy crap. <laughs> like, they're nightmares and John sitting there on the floor. I want to take a turn. I never get to play. Yeah. <laughs> Again, just like feeding can, into the same patheticness of them. Can you imagine though? I mean, think about it now, like how excited they got about changing graphics of characters. Like to be, to be, <laughs> right. I bet you to be able to, to legibly read that it was uh, number 99 was Wayne Gretzky. They were probably right. so excited about, cause it used to just be gray characters you know what i mean yeah what team and was now, it that was like never good in this game he's like they're never good in this game i don't know why you play with them the kings, the kings man gretzky kings, okay yeah okay he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna make gretzky bleed for n- number 99 super fan <laughs> over here okay okay that makes sense i'm not huge on hockey so i didn't catch that that's where i that's where i step in hockey talk yeah yeah uh so we haven't really talked about him yet but i really uh like ron livingston in this he plays rob um oh, yeah. he he just has like this rock, like throughout the movie, he has some amazing scenes. I think at this point we go to golf, right? Well, I think so. I think Ron Livingston, I think Ron Livingston's in the first scene, yeah. very first scene talking about his ex and stuff just to introduce it. And then uh, they do end up golfing. But is so is this the pink dot part where they're playing the game? Yes. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, pink skip, dot shows past, up and- we skip past a great joke, man. Which they're joke? like, is he is he clean? Is he brown? Oh, yes. Mikey, oh, let him in. <laughs> what a nightmare that was. <laughs> and, and he hands the dude more cash. More yeah, cash he's just like, tip. all right. <laughs> just keeps giving him more money. Yeah. You guys are assholes. That's a great joke. Yeah, um, you can't skip past a joke like that, man. That's good. You know, actually, uh, but yeah, I believe I believe the next scene is golf. Him and him and him and uh Ron Livingston. And that's that's a great scene with Ron Livingston there, just like really introducing himself and being just like he almost kind of seems like a less crazy version of Vince Vaughn's character. You know, like what if Vince Vaughn yeah. wasn't a crazy talkative asshole? Yeah. Just real chill and, and collected and just like, Hey, I know what I want. You know, this, I want the goofy role because <laughs> I didn't get anything else. <laughs> I, I love that's a carry joke throughout the whole movie of him one, like being the goofy. Should I do this thing? Oh, but it's goofy, you know, later on. Uh, oh crap. I can't remember the character's name, but uh, uh, the, the black guy, what is his name? Oh, I forget. I don't know if they they don't say it often. I know they do say it when he first shows up to the party. Um, yeah, I, but I also don't know Ron Livingston's characters. So I actually looked oh, up that. 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, his totally name is uh, Charles. It's Charles. Charles. Okay. Well, I looked up that actor because he sounded familiar. His name is Alex Desiree. Do you know who he is? Why his voice no. sounds familiar? He's the new no. Carl on Simpsons. Is he really? Yeah. Carl, yeah. Carl Carlson. Hey, yeah. Letty. <laughs> right. I, I, don't, I heard I'm, that voice and I was like, I know that voice. So I had to look it up. Look, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a huge fan of the new Carl voice. I mean, I get yeah. that he wasn't. He wasn't uh, really trying to sound just like what's his name, just like uh, Hank Azaria. Yeah, but I'm not a huge fan. I am. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll get into Simpson stuff later. Yeah, <laughs> let's yeah, keep that's, going. That's I uh, just it, it just really took me out of it. I was just like, what? Uh, around this point in the movie, uh, I hadn't figured out what the hell the plot was. So I wrote this note. I'll read it verbatim. My note is. I don't hate this movie, but where the fuck is it going? What is the actual plot? Because that point in the movie, I have no, I'm like, I don't know what, what's the plot? What's the point of this movie? Where are they going? This is just a collection of scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I found this fun fact and it's not listed on like IMDB or anything, but there is a, there's this thing where like studios would cut off like the last hundred feet of their reels or something like that. And yeah. uh, what they did to film this movie was they bought those extra reels those extra film reels and they used them <laughs> and on average 100 feet is like 60 seconds or something like that so yeah each scene is limited to a reel which is why it's such short scenes cut together okay and the uh the majority of movie reels that they purchased was from the movie twister weird yeah. fun weird. fact okay huh yeah. uh so uh, at this point uh raw Rob, the character Rob, has a quote which I love, where he's just talking to uh, the Alex to uh, Charles. He's just yeah. sitting there talking, like in the scene, and he says, "Uh, I mean, does it have to be goofy? You know, I was in Hamlet two months ago. Uh, sorry, Hamlet two months ago off Broadway, and I was good. Like he's just like saying this. I'm just like, just his lines he's delivering, talking about the, being goofy is just great. Like, yeah, it's yeah, just the whole so time, human. man." the whole time and they doesn't they even make a reference like why why goofy and like because yeah. you're tall i don't know <laughs> <laughs> right uh and then uh charles is like uh well at least it's a job with disney yeah disney <laughs> right disney. So, so i think that's funny though because john favre wrote that in right yeah and then now he's fucking he's disney's all over it man disney will go. give him all the money he wants <laughs> nice so then they go to this house party and uh I don't understand. Why do they all take different cars? And why do they all follow so, each other so fucking so close? closely? Like that oh. has to be that's that's coordinated 100 percent, man. Yeah. Like they are so close. But yet then after they get there, I'm like, wait a second. Why did they all freaking uh, take their own car? Carpool, guys. Like, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, the think think about it beyond. Maybe they were like, hey, I could uh, take a girl home with me. You know, yeah. I got to bring my own vehicle. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I always thought that that was weird, too. Yeah, so they they enter that crowded house, and uh, there's so many people there, and like half the people are smoking, and it grossed me out. I'm like, there's so many people smoking here, and so many people yep. breathing, and like in the background, there's like 17 people smoking. I'm like, it's got to be nasty in that room, in that giant room. Oh yeah, is that where they, is that where they see Groucho, the the girl that they call Groucho? I think so. Yeah, that's oh, where you the know, first was... Jaws, that's where the first Jaws uh, Jaws theme comes in, right? Or is it a later party? They go to a lot of no, parties. It's, a, it's, a, it's at that party. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he goes over toward her and then she talks and, and talks. And uh, what is it? Uh, she's just like going on and on. And when she said, I can cry on cue, like that, yeah. that just cracked me up. Something about like, she's just going on. And on. I can cry on cue. Like, yeah, that's, that's what got me into Juilliard. And then <laughs> he finally, he finally pulls the number 
And then uh, yeah. he walks away and rips it. Remember? Yeah. And they're like, you're an asshole. Yeah. She could have seen you. Like, no, no, no. She's business class. Like what? Can't fit in a coach seat or some shit. I don't know what the fuck they were right. talking about. I still don't really get that reference. Why'd they call her business class? Uh, oh, can't, because can't I have the quote here. Business class, big butts, can't fly coach. Oh, because her ass butt, is okay. wide. Okay. Yeah, I was like, that's okay. That's oh. a weird joke. Is that um, is that a problem? At that, <laughs> at you know, that MC same... Hammer, MC Hammer, yeah. peeked out and was like, "What? I like big butts, <laughs> and I cannot <laughs> <No>. die." <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, at that same party, um, John Favreau crashes and burns with that one girl he's trying to hit on, and uh, she's like, he walks up to her and she's like, "What do you drive?" Like right off that, oh, yeah. he's like, "Excuse me, what do you drive?" And he's like, "A Cavalier," and she's like, "Ugh," and he's like, "Oh, it's red." I have a red Cavalier. <laughs> I got a red <laughs> like, one. <laughs> yeah. Just like, yeah. Uh, and that gave me a flashback. So I'm going to tell you a story real quick. Um, when I was probably about 14, 15, something like that, I was at like a state fair or county fair or something like that. And it was like one of the first times I really remember being in like a big area without parents, you know, uh, and it was me and my younger cousin who was probably about 13, you know, a year or two younger than me. And we're walking and there's this group of girls and we'd been talking about girls all the time. Cause you know, you're 14. What else are you going to talk about? Uh, I'm like, let's go up and talk to him. He's like, no way that that's not. And I'm like, let's do it. So we start walking that way and he chickens out as we get there, but I'm like, screw it. I'm still going to go. So I walk up and I'm like, Hey guys, how's it going? And they all look at me. There's silence. that feels like it's, a, you know, 10 minutes long, but it was probably like a couple yeah, seconds. Yeah. And one of the girls says, how is it going? Like mocking me. Right. No and they way. all, they all split and walk away from me. No way. Yeah. It hurts so bad. And so I had flashbacks to that when I saw Jan Favreau. It's red. I have a red Cavalier. Like, same sort of thing. Being like, you're not cool. You think you're cool. I, I could tell you, man, that's never been. I've never been able to uh, to break the ice. That's, no, that's never it, been me. It's, it's I, I've do it. always been so afraid of rejection, which I feel through him this entire movie. What's that? What's that? Uh, that word that you use where you feel embarrassed for somebody? Waja. 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 So I felt. Yeah fucking waja for him this entire time and i was right. like this is see this is why people are afraid to do stuff right this is ingrained in our mind because we watch stuff like this and we're like i don't want to be like that yeah. i so it's i never a, i never even try like it's embarrassment know? by proxy that's yeah, yeah. uh you know i did forget to mention when they first enter that house i did like the weirdness of them all staying near the drinks at that bar and like picking up and trying to figure out what to drink i think they were trying to do something <laughs> and they don't choose anything but like they're all standing there, like looking at drinks, and uh, so they leave the party, right? Wait, they leave the party, and there's a there's a line, a reoccurring line that Charles has when they leave the party. Yeah, what does he say? This place is dead anyway. <laughs> like, there's like <laughs> a million that. people there, and then every single yeah. time they're like, "Hey, let's go," and he's like, "This place is dead anyway." <laughs> After they're done uh, shooting their shot and get everyone gets fucking let down. Yeah. yeah so so we get to watch him drive again, bumper to bumper again, like as they leave that same thing. Right. And they all park. And did you see what they do all do there? It's so that, weird. That's the slow-mo club. walk. No, no. The, before that, the, they pull all oh, pl- clubs and every single one of them locks their steering wheel with the club. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, right. you, yeah. you remember the club? I was like, I yeah. saw him like, dude, I haven't thought about the club in like 15 years. Like I wanted, like, I thought as a kid, I thought that was something you had to, you get a car, you get the club to lock your steering wheel in place. You have to have a club if yeah. you're going to have a car. Like, that was a thing I thought, you know, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what yeah, they still sell? You think they still sell those? Probably not, right? Oh, I'm, I mean, probably somewhere, right? Someone does. Yeah. I somebody don't know. somebody uh, still has an old red Cavalier <laughs> that they, <laughs> they yes. need to lock up. It's red. 
so yeah, they go to that, that another like jazz club kind of thing. And uh, uh, so I don't. Is that when they go to the Dresden? Where uh, they sing the "You Can't Tell by the Way I Use My Walk I'm a Woman's Man" when that I, that band plays. Yeah, yeah, that same band also plays a cover of "Staying Alive" by the Bees. Yeah, yep, yeah, that's yeah. the song I was just singing right now. <laughs> uh, no, that's not. Oh, yeah, that is. That is. You're yeah. right. I'm sorry. That's the same song. Uh, so I, that's an actual, that's an actual place. So I've been to the Dresden a few okay. times, actually. A buddy of mine used to go there and it was like, it had a pretty big rockabilly scene when I went. A lot of people were kind of dressed like in the same style that they, they were like Vince Vaughn, you know? But yeah, I, I went to the Dresden a few times and that's a real couple, real band. I saw okay. them playing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're still there, obviously, cause it was a while ago. They were pretty old at that time, but, uh, back in 2010 ish, I went and they were there. Okay. Yeah, so so they have quite a few different live musicians. Like we'll talk about them later, but the big, uh, big, big bad voodoo, big bad, voodoo daddy. Yeah, yeah. I was like when, when they said that, I'm like, oh, I know those guys. I've heard of them. Yeah, but anyways, but we'll talk about them later. Uh, so we get to watch Mike crash again here uh, with another attempt at another girl. Um, she's the one that says, uh, "I know you." He's like, no. "Where?" And, oh, that one's yeah. so terrible. Man. Yeah, and she's like, "I served you an espresso," and like she says, "Espresso." And he yeah, corrects her and the, espresso. He does. Oh yeah, espresso. <laughs> yeah. I feel so I feel like that's so bad because it finally starts to boost his ego for a second though, right? Yeah. He, Don't I know you? He's like, Oh, oh yeah, you may, maybe you've seen me, you know, like yeah. I've been in these things and he keeps touching his chest for some reason. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe you've seen me. And, it's you know, just like, I, oh, I you got begged a, for a job. I got Las Vegas representation. Like, dude, you were just in Vegas lying about like Dorothy called you out on it, asking who you were represented by. <laughs> right. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, and then, yeah, you asked, you asked me, oh, because she remembered his drink too. And he, oh, you yeah. remember my drink. Yeah. <laughs> and then you asked me for an application. I introduced you to my manager. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, it must've been a while ago. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm doing good now. I'm thinking about buying like two a car. Weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was so rough, man. So rough. So he walks away defeated again, hanging his head low. Yeah, and I don't remember exactly when he, this line's delivered by Vince Vaughn, but I love this line, which is telling uh, John Favreau, I don't want you to be the guy in the PG-13 movie. Everyone's really hoping he makes it happen. I want you to be like the guy in the braided R movie. Yeah. Like, I just, I, it's such a weird, like, fourth wall breaking thing of like, pretend like you're a guy in a movie. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. I, I like when um, movies do that. They do that a few times, though, because they later on when they're talking, they talk about Scorsese. They talk about uh, Tarantino a few times. Right. And they kind of talk shit about him, how Tarantino rips off Scorsese. But they also pay uh, homage to both of them by right. ripping off certain scenes like that slow-mo walk down the uh, down Yeah, the that slow-mo one was so weird. Yeah. Uh, and then um, shit. What what'd you just say? <laughs> Uh, rated R movie. Rated R movie. Yes, yes. Uh, so they make another reference to filming at a, con- a casino. Okay. They're like, can you imagine how much it would cost to film at a casino? I would never do that. And earlier in the movie, they filmed at a fucking casino. Yeah. So it, they use the Jaws theme again in this scene, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. when Vince Vaughn is approaching a girl, they use it for a split second. Like, it plays like for three seconds and then stops. Uh, I, w- okay. I think I know. What you- I thought it was when he goes back to talk to Nikki again. Oh, that's what it is. I'm sorry. You're right. It is. It's, yeah, because he is. convinces her. He was like, go get her fucking number. And he's it's like, right, I'm going to go do yeah. it. So he goes back. He repeats kind of what Vince Vaughn did. So he goes and talks to Nikki. You don't get to hear what they're saying. And then he comes back with a number, pretends to rip it, which is a callback to Vince Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. And then gotcha, they, have that, 
they have that huge long, huge long dialogue about like, no, you, you wait two days. No, no, everybody waits two days. So now I wait yeah. three days. And then they're, he's like, well, how long do you wait? And everybody at the same time, six days. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you know, that was, a, I mean, that was a real thing, right? You, you did that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, you, you don't waited. call immediately. Yeah. yeah. But now, desperate. but now you text people immediately. That's, uh, that's, that's what you do. You just give out right. your number and that's immediate text. And then you just keep talking. Well, so if you call them and you get the um, voicemail, how many messages should you leave? Like five, six? <laughs> that's, that's a great question. That's a, that's a good uh, uh, that's a good transition into the next scene. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it in a second because before that happens, the parking lot with fucking Sue and his gun. Oh, shit. That was right now, there, huh? That's at, that's how they walk out. And holy, I I was like, what the hell, dude? Like, it caught me off guard, too. And uh, uh, there's God. Oh, I was going to say, John Favreau has a line there. He says, you asshole, what are you? Didn't you see Boys in the Hood? Now one of us is going to get shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. Like, they're not going to fucking do anything. But there's a there's a line that really gets to me every time because he's like, you know what it's like for me, man. I grew up in L.A. And then Vince Vaughn's <laughs> like, Anaheim. That's where yeah. I grew up. <laughs> hey, man, Anaheim was dangerous too, all right? I never claimed <laughs> L.A., but still. But I was I every single time I saw that I was like son of a bitch, <laughs> fuck you Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was good. And he's like, what? Just what are you carrying around a gun for? Just in case someone steps to you, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, then we're back at the apartment, and he immediately freaking calls and leaves message after message. Like I got cut off. I just want to give him my phone number, and it's like I was like, please stop, please stop. Yeah. Like th- when you talk about the Waja, right? The the embarrassment by proxy, full fucking force in that scene. Like just stop, dude. It's so fucking bad, man. <clears throat> and and he goes through an entire relationship on the, <laughs> on the answering machine. Like, yeah. what are you doing, man? Yeah. That last message he's leaving, like, you know, I, it's just not working out. You know, it's 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 me, not you. Like, I think we should yeah. spend some time apart. Like, you've been <laughs> apart your whole life. Like, yeah, you've, you've talked uh. to each other at the table for a few times. Uh, but I read that when he's doing that answering machine thing, it was supposed to be, or uh, Doug Lyman, the director, thought it was too long. Okay. Oh, no, it's yeah, so he, artful. It's perfect. Yeah. He was like, it, it's too long. And John Favre stuck by it. He was like, no, this is the perfect amount of time. It's not too many messages. We got to keep going. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it, oh, it, it would have been, it would have been as funny if it was only like three messages. Being like six messages or whatever it is, is yeah. so perfect. Where you're just it's, like, okay, how, how much longer is this scene going to go? So this is really like the next scene when he's just sitting there looking through the, He's looking through the drawer of all the pictures of his girlfriend, right? And that that lingers for a while, too. He doesn't look at, like, three pictures. He looks at, like, 30 pictures. Like, he keeps flipping through the pictures of them together. And I like how real those pictures look. Um, They aren't all, like, canned pictures of them smiling. There's, like, pictures of him, like, not smiling, her not smiling, them, like, you know, not directly looking at the camera. Like, I, I felt like they got real-looking pictures in that scene. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Because a lot of movies, it's like, oh, this is, like, these are all studio pictures. Yeah, I agree. It looks like it was just made for movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely they looked did a good. Uh, but honestly, I mean, as low budget as they were, they probably didn't have an opportunity to do that. <laughs> They're like, all right, we right. got to take pictures now because we got to send them in for development and shit. We got yeah. that work. Time. They're perfect. Uh, and then, yeah, Rob, Ron Livingston shows up and that whole scene with him is just wonderful. Like basically telling him like, dude, you, you it, the pain exists, but it'll go away. And, you know, yeah. and then you'll miss the pain. And, and, when when she for, once you forget, then uh, she'll come back, and you can't yeah. you know you can't pretend you forget because they only know when you truly forgot. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't get though 
why they reference orange juice a couple times, right? So um, he said that's all he was that, drinking. Yeah, but before that, so Vince Vaughn's like, "What are you just gonna sit around in your your?" He he says stuffy apartment a couple times too. You're gonna sit yeah. around in your stuffy apartment drinking orange juice. And I'm like, what is, I don't understand what they're saying. And then uh, when Ron Livingston comes, he's like, you're not drinking, are you? And he's like, just orange juice. And I'm like, why, why what's with the orange juice? Thing? Maybe that was a gag that never happened. Maybe. Like or just a, just a part of the character. We know when he's depressed, he drinks orange juice or something. I don't, I don't know. I just thought it was like a weird addition to the dialogue. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So then they convince him to come out and they go watch the uh, big bad voodoo daddy. Right. Mm-hmm. They go to that and there's like two full big, vi- yeah. well, I can't say that band's name, big, bad, big bad Daddy, Voodoo Daddy. like music videos basically here at the end of the movie. Yeah, um, okay. I do appreciate that with the movie though, by the way, is all the music throughout this movie. It's not just little snips. They actually like linger on the music and let the music breathe. Um, oh yeah. Which, which I appreciate. Cause again, a lot of movies will have like, Oh, here's 12 seconds of a song. And before it even gets good, it's over. We yeah. don't want to pay for the full song. Yeah. But they do, they do have a really good, uh, music selection that's really important sets the mood you know and i didn't even know that heather graham was in this movie because she doesn't show up until an hour and 15 minutes in yeah i think that's one of like the first times you're really introduced to her aside from um what did you know heather graham in before this i I mean austin powers is really what i knew her from that's yeah that's after though that came out in 97 i think yeah but i mean like as far as like uh what's, what's the oldest thing you know her in I, I think the earliest thing I know her is from Austin Powers, but I know Heather yeah. Graham from a bunch of stuff. I just can't think of any other movies, but I don't think any of it takes place before um, before Swingers. I think this is the yeah. earliest thing. Um, I'm looking at a list. Uh, she's in Boogie Nights, which is also 97. Or, oh, this is 96, right? Swingers is? Uh, yeah, I, so it really kind of depends on what you look at. So it said here release date was... 97 but i think that was britain i think in the united states it was yeah october 96 oh you know what i found sorry i found a movie i know from her from before this and it's licensed to drive from 1988 you ever see that movie no never it's it's bad it's the corys uh cory hames and cory feldman and uh she's in that with it she plays a character named mercedes lane interesting was it good no, 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 no. <laughs> it's a bad teen eighties movie. Uh, I saw them like getting a car and it's been a while since I've seen it. We're off tangent. Uh, so he meets Heather Graham, does the weird eyes across. She turns into a bunny. What's up with that? It's the, uh, the bear, the bear bunny. Mm. Right? You're a bear with the claws right. and you got the, Duh. you got the bunny. So there was actually a scene at right. one of the, one of the bars um, that involved the live bunny, but okay. the, uh, the bar took up so much of an issue with it that they had to cut it. See, I lost my, I lost track on that because it's a white bunny and my brain went to earlier in the movie when he tells somebody that, Oh, he tells Vince Vaughn, I think that his agent uh, specializes in magicians. Oh yeah, so yep. I thought it was a reference to that. I did. I forgot the bear bunny thing. Okay, that makes more yeah. sense. That makes way more. I'm like, is this just a reference to this one-off line about magicians? Like, okay. He's like, yeah, yep. The only reason why anything happens here is because because Heather Graham is so forceful. Like, oh the yeah, whole time. she's really direct. I mean, he kind of says, well, she brings up. I, I I think that's really what it is too. Is that he kind of sees a little bit of himself in her? No pun intended there. You know, because that's, that's coming later. <laughs> but. uh <laughs> but she brings up the relation or one of them bring up the, I think she does right yeah then, yeah she brings it up and 
yeah so he's like okay well she's bringing up relationship i fuck up i fuck up potential relationships doing that all the time and then they they kind of hit it off just based off of that please tell me it gets easier you know stuff like that right and then uh they have that cutesy said, thing of like what if what's the benefits of being, being single well you know you get to meet a cute girl at a bar and you could you know hang out <laughs> yeah. or whatever what if she then, asks yeah, that's you to dance super- and that's yeah. that's when yeah she's super direct and they're just like do you want to fucking dance with me or not dude like yeah. what's going on and then, like, well i don't know if he feels like dancing i don't know okay yeah. do you feel like dancing let's do it he's kind of an asshole in the dance uh, mm. uh on the dance floor too like when the livelier music starts he like won't dance with her to start it's like just freaking dance dude no i don't i don't agree man i don't agree i'll tell you why because yeah. if you if you're like a wallflower you're like, okay, I could do this slow dance, but as soon as you get into something, you're like, I don't fucking know what to do right now. And mm. that's probably exactly how he would. That makes sense. You're right. Uh, but I, I did read that he and Heather Graham practiced for weeks, both at the Derby, which is the place they went to, and at her apartment, practiced swing dancing to, to okay. get it right for weeks. Uh, but they shot at the Derby at that place right there um, with actual customers that they didn't pay. And <laughs> yeah. at one point in time, John Favre had to go up and um, he had to ask somebody who sat next to Heather Graham to move so they could shoot that scene. <laughs> Excuse me, we're about to shoot a scene. I need you to like move. And, <laughs> That's uh, amazing. Some people in the background, because it was places they it's their you know their usual haunts. Some women who were there were people that he tried to hit on and was unsuccessful with. So he like felt like awkward. You know, he's like, wow. oh, yeah, I hit on that girl and she <laughs> shot me down. <laughs> That's amazing. So yeah, that that whole scene happens. Then they go out to the street and the weirdness of like exchanging the number and uh, the Groucho Marks duck, which what's the name of this show that the duck is from? He you says, bet your life. you bet your life, which I recognize. I'm like, Oh, that's that show that Groucho Marks was on. But that was a weird, like that was all the weird scene of him. Like her being like, can I have one of these cards? And, and then him being like, at the end being like, get out of here. And it, I, I know it was like, this be playful. I'm like, this is really like, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm saying it was like, well done awkwardness of like, you know, not knowing how to interact with the human being you just met. And I thought, yeah. I felt like that scene was really good actually. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. So then they go to the freaking diner. And if I was Vince Vaughn's friend, I would have punched him in the face there. That, oh that yeah. Where you standing on the table and Yeah. And he's like, g- gives his food away to the other guy and is an asshole to the waitress, like keeps yelling at her and stuff. And it's like, dude, shut up Vince. <laughs> yeah. And he was actually nervous about shooting that scene because it was oh, okay. in front of re- in front of regular people. Yeah, and he had to get up there and just make a fucking ass of himself. And he succeeded. That oh, was yeah. was a crazy scene. Uh, so yeah, they go home. Uh, in the morning, well, in the afternoon, whatever. His alarm goes off at twelve fifty three. Yeah, that's what time Did you, you wake see up, that? right? <laughs> yeah, it's just completely normal. Well, no, at fifty three. What a normal time to wake up. Yeah, like, you're right. That is a strange. But he could have yeah. snoozed it a few times, I guess. But even oh, then, okay. it's typically on like 10 or 15 minute intervals, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm tempted to, instead of waking up, you know, at the hour, I'm tempted to wake up seven minutes before the hour because, you know, that's a normal time to wake up. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's crazy, though, because that was his actual apartment that he was going okay. at the whole time. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you my biggest problem with this movie. And it's right. uh, that at the end here, he doesn't get over his ex. He replaces her. And yeah, it's I mean, not, I guess, it's not I, guess. Just this movie. I think they, 
they make a point of uh, her calling because yeah. <clears throat> that's what like just like Ron Livingston said earlier, you know, when you actually get over, that's when they really know. So you could tell when he's like planning on calling Heather Graham that uh, he's finally over her. He's excited about this new relationship. And then all of a sudden, boom, r- right on the dot, his uh, his phone rings and it's her. Then Heather calls on the other line and he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to have to pick this up. No, I want to talk to you, Lorraine. You know, let me hang up on the other line. And then she says, I love you. And then he hangs up on her. Uh, yeah. The, that was you know, good. the old that girlfriend. Was good. And yeah. then he's just like, yeah, I'm fucking, I'm moved on. Yeah. But you don't I, feel, it, you don't feel like he's moved on. You feel like he's just swapped her out. He didn't come to that. I'm fine by myself before I could be with other people type of thing. Yeah. That's how I feel it, which it's not just this movie. There's hundreds of movies out there. That all this always happens, you know, of like them not getting over somebody until they replace them instead of, yeah, I kind of wish that they kind of earlier in that, before he goes to the club and meets Heather Graham and everything, they kind of get to the point of him like getting over her and kind of growing as a human being. But I almost feel like that part of the movie, I wish it would have been a little longer of him, like being like, Oh no, I'm healthy. I'm happy. You know? Yeah. So I agree. But but yeah, that's that. So then we reached the end of the movie. Like I said, overall, I, I enjoyed the movie. Good. I enjoyed it too. I think <clears throat> I think it was a good film. I think it's uh, an important movie to kind of like watch and experience. I think it I think it like gives you some insight, especially with these careers that it launched. I think it's so much more than what it actually is. For someone, like I said, to have their own creativity like that and just decide like, hey, I'm going to fucking make my life happen. I, I admire it. Uh, but I want to talk about a couple background things. So uh, the group that they have represent the five members of the Rat Pack. That was his intention. So Trent, Mikey, oh, Sue, Rob, okay. and Charles. It's Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Peter Lawford, Joey Bishop, and Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy Davis Jr. Jr. Is it there's um, some like there's a Dean Martin song earlier in the movie, isn't there? Yeah, you're nobody till somebody yes. loves you. It's like the very then, first song, I think. The very last song, the Ain't That a Kick in the Head. Crap, who sings that? Isn't that one of the rat packs or wait, maybe that's Dean Martin. Actually, I don't think I don't think uh the You're Nobody Till Somebody Loves You song is a Dean Martin song. Hold on. No. Nope. Yeah, that's not that's not Dean Martin. Okay, ain't You're that right. kicking the head is a kicking area yeah, as Dean Martin. What who yeah. sings uh You Ain't Nobody? Um oh there is a Dean Martin recording of it. Oh, oh. maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm right also. Okay. Uh, so a couple other things. So some of those Hollywood parties had up and comers like we talked about, but John's John Favre's downstairs neighbor, Adam Scott was around as well. You know who that is? Adam Scott. Who's that? So, oh man, I mean, I could tell you tons of things he's from. Let's start with stepbrothers. You know, stepbrothers, the movie you ever watch it? I know you're you're not huge on uh, what's his name. though, right? Sorry. I just, I looked Uh, him up. I know that he's a brother. Derek. He's Derek. Okay. He's in a Parks and Rec. Yep, Parks That's and Rec. Yep. Yeah. Okay. He's his downstairs neighbor. Yep, his real life downstairs neighbor. Okay. Does he uh, show so, the movie at all? Or? I don't think so. I was trying to okay. look up to see if I could find him in a scene, but I couldn't. Um, but um, among many studio notes, this is one thing that I really want to talk about, especially going forward with the movies, what these potential changes could be. So some of them wanted to nix the Vegas scenes. Oh wow! Right. What do you think about that? I mean, it, it, you thought the whole thing was in Vegas, but to get rid of that whole scene? I feel like that really figures out who the character is right off the bat. Yeah, that Vegas, it's important, right? Yeah, that Vegas part is like most important part of the movie. So what about what about this? Hey, I listened to your pitch. I really like it, but I really think we changed Trent into a woman. <laughs> Trent needs to be an asshole, like a, a womanizing asshole, which is what he yeah. is. Yeah, so that's it wouldn't what, have worked out, right? 
Yeah, I could see some of the other characters having been a woman, but not Trent. Trent. I mean, imagine a, a forward, very forward, very aggressive wing woman instead of yeah. like a wing man. I mean, how would that work? I don't know. No, Vince Vaughn's character Trent being a very sexist, seizing every woman he can find character is super yeah, important. Yeah, just a womanizer, right? Yeah, he uh, has to be that Vin character. Vince Vaughn, you remember that scene though after the uh, the gun after Sue pulled the gun? Yeah. Um, where. Vince Vaughn was yelling at Sue. He was like, shut the fuck up. And was like yelling and yeah. supporting him. That was a scene that Vince Vaughn wanted to add to show that how much he supported Mikey. And he was actually a good friend. Yeah. Um, beyond just, you know, the way he wanted to add that depth yeah. to the character. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, talk about um, Sue, Sue could have been Sue or Rob could have both been a female character. Like those would have functioned as female characters, but yeah. But a but boy named Sue, the, the, the rolling joke of a boy named Sue wouldn't happen. If it was a girl. <laughs> that joke. They, they pushed that joke so hard. Yeah. <laughs> You well, know, they, like they the did song, the Johnny Cash song, but uh, that that thing really impacted him. So when Sue got in trouble there, uh, remember later on in the movie, those guys who they were yelling at were back so, in the movie, and they're and all like, yeah. hockey together. Like, yeah, he's like, I ran into him at uh, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, and and like, you know, I apologize and shit. They're really cool guys. They yeah, love Trent's Trent, really good you know? talking. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. Um, I would if so, I walked in and there was eight people sitting around the couch. I wouldn't sit in that front room. Right, yeah. it'd be too fucking crowded. Too many people. <laughs> so another studio also pitched that Trent was played by Johnny Depp. No, I can't see it. I can't see it. I could see him. I could see him playing. I, I think honestly, they were just like, "Well, Johnny Depp's real handsome. You know, let's put him in it." But he doesn't have the uh, the swagger, you know, like yeah. that, that confidence. He's like yeah, he doesn't. Awkward. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't have that e asshole, egotistical asshole. I could have going. seen him. I could have seen him as Sue, but I would. Yeah. I would have never seen oh. him as Johnny. Dude, he actually would have been a great track. Sue. No, yeah. no offense, to actor who was Sue, but Johnny Depp actually would have been better casting there. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, mm. And or Chris O'Donnell or Jason Priestley. Those were also pitched. No, example. Chris O'Donnell's. You know, so. Ready for a story about Chris O'Donnell? <laughs> Real quick story. Uh, the first movie I ever went to on a date was uh, the The Bachelor. Is that his movie where he has to get married in forty eight hours? Uh, it sounds familiar. Yeah, I, um, I I kind of I kind of I mean it, I'm pretty sure that was an older movie, but it sounds really familiar. Yeah, it came out like ninety, no, probably early aughts, around two thousand ish. But yeah, that was that was Chris O'Donnell. He's a terrible actor. He was also Robin in the Batman movies, the um, yeah. Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. <laughs> Yeah, he's a bad actor. I'm glad he wasn't in this movie. Yeah, he, he maybe not the yeah, best. Yeah. I'm throwing down against Chris O'Donnell. Got to make enemies. My first enemy is Chris O'Donnell. So. All right, there you go. <laughs> but I want to talk a couple about a couple other things before we before we close it out. So, box office, the budget was two hundred thousand dollars, roughly. Right, that's how much they spent on the movie. Okay. Hey, wait. Can opening, I guess, go ahead. How much it made in the opening weekend? I opening weekend. Numbers. Opening weekend. Let, let's not do opening weekend. Let's talk about just gross. Okay, the um, whole thing. Gross altogether. Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like it probably made about twenty-five. Twenty-five million. It made four point five million. Oh, geez, way less than I thought. See, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't a mainstream movie, man. I didn't pick. I I typically yeah. don't gravitate towards mainstream. It was Miramax. Miramax tends to be like these smaller ones. Like, uh, hmm. I think I mentioned it earlier, but Clerks is also a Miramax film. So they this do is a movie smaller... that's just been in my periphery for so long. I felt like it was a bigger movie. Yeah, no, weird. Uh, four okay. million. 
uh, opening weekend, which is why I didn't want you to guess because you probably <laughs> would have guessed uh, the gross as the opening. Probably, weekend. I was going to guess like three, but, four million for the gross. Yeah, it, the it was seventy four thousand for the opening. And I don't know it, how many theater, theaters it went to, and that's that's really important too. It's, right, it's all bit. about it's all about being publicized, which they spent most of their money probably on filming. How much money they really have to advertise? Yeah. Um, but yeah, 74,000 74, first uh, opening. That's COVID numbers right there. <laughs> <laughs> what did, you, what did uh, you say the um the budget was? 200,000. Okay, that's that's not much yeah, they, money they, at all. They, they did they did pretty well. They got their money back though, right? Yeah, even in 96, that's a small budget. <laughs> yeah. So, that's awesome. Um and then uh let's take a guess here. What do you think Rotten Tomatoes gave it? Oh, I would think uh, out, like of, a, out of one to a hundred percent. It's a yeah. score. I'm gonna feel like a 70, 87. Okay, 87 percent Rotten Tomatoes, and then the audience score was 89 percent, so almost 90 percent. That's a fair um, score, yeah. I and like I said, I think it was a, a good movie. It's a movie that's resonated for me with me for a while, and I love Miramax, I love that feeling. So, these are probably movies we're gonna end up watching uh, yeah. eventually. So, movies like Rounders. Um, which is also a Miramax film, something that I'm really into. Uh, movies that give you the same vibe as like Pool Hall Junkies, which is also a fantastic movie. These small movies that are filmed kind of the same way uh, yeah. that I'm going to make you watch because you know, <laughs> this, this is great. You yeah. kind of this this is great though because normally you know you recommend movies to somebody and you don't really know if they're like oh, I didn't really have time. And because we're doing this show, we have to watch the other movie. Uh, yeah, I will admit that I probably would have never watched Swingers in my life if you hadn't made me watch it this week. Okay. So, well, I hope you're glad that you did. I think it was a great movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm excited about about where we're going this show. So, uh, let's talk about the next episode. So, we're going to alternate. You're going to be the one doing all the deep diving. I'm going to yep. be the one just watching the movie, taking notes, and guiding us through the uh, the storyline. So, what movie are we doing? So here's how it's going to work. Uh, I will reveal what the movie is, but I'm going to do that over on our Twitter account, which is Scuba Guys Cast. If you want to see Scuba the answer, guys Scuba cast Guys Cast on Twitter. So you, can, you can see the answer there, or you can wait until our next episode and actually see what the movie is then. Those are your two options. But for you, Josh, right now, I'm just going to give you a quote. I'm not going to tell you the movie. You're going to have to wait and find okay. out. Uh, so the quote is, I'm in a man. I'm in a strange man. I'll be a son of a bitch. I'm in a strange man surrounded by strangers in a strange room. Okay. I mean, it sounds sounds like a very vague one, but it sounds really familiar. But I don't <laughs> have a movie in mind to even throw okay. a guess out. No? But uh, no, not yet. So okay. thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, thanks for being a part of our, our very first episode. And stay tuned to us. So find us on Twitter, like Chris said. Yeah, um, it's good to I'm Sorry. at the Speakeasy Gentleman as well. So thanks to Josh Studios for helping getting us set up with the StreamYard to record. Um, and find me on uh, find me on the Speakeasy Gentleman podcast every single Thursday. We shoot it live. And Chris, where we find your stuff at? Uh, so right now I haven't made anything specific. I'm setting up a new project of my own. Uh, but currently you can find me at Sir Chris Miller on Twitter as well. All right. Thanks, sir. Chris Miller. I think it was a great show, man. I'm excited about where we're going here. We're going to have a brand new logo posted up on our Twitter soon. We're going to get brand new intros, all that good stuff. Love to hear your guys' feedback, movies you want us to cover, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Farewell. Farewell. Farewell.